Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes all way, even unto the end. And so we're on page... Six, and we're on item number seven, the heritage treasure of God's people. So that's page six. We're on number seven, the heritage treasure of God's people. That's Psalm 119, verse 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. We already looked at letter A. We follow the Lord in his ways, and part of his heritage while we're here is that we will experience trials and tribulations, adversaries, sufferings, and some of the same weariness the Lord did. In letter B, uh, we looked at that. We also... uh, share in his victories and as sons and daughters and joint heirs with christ vast treasures of joy and blessings that uh only can be hinted at with words and uh we uh are on this verse right here and uh, it's it well actually turn with me romans 8 12 romans 8 12 And uh, the note we had, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, the note we added last week was supernatural joy, peace, blessings in the midst of adversities, and someday soon sharing Christ's inheritance with him in heaven. This is what our heritage brings us now, what that, part of what we enjoy now. So Romans 8 verse 12 is, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, if you through, through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led, led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings, sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And so this thought of that uh, right now we are enjoying the heritage blessings of being God's people, and part of that is, just like we read, the sufferings of this time, they're not worthy to be compared with the blessings that are coming. And he says, and it says there in your notes, and if, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So it's this kind of dual thing that while when we're saved, we are of God's family and we, we have his heritage and all that comes with it, at the same time, we're here on earth. And so earth does not recognize us as royalty. (laughs) 
However, it belongs to us. But right now, what it means is experiencing some of the same sufferings that come as being the children of God in a world that is not walking with God, is not following God. And so that's part of what we're supposed to understand is it's part of what the experience is supposed to be at this time, that there are difficulties and challenges. And yet, as the, as the children of God, joint heirs with Christ, we're walking down the road that we're supposed to be and experiencing what we're supposed to be experiencing. Therefore, it, it helps us to, to bear the storms better. And so uh, then after that, I have a letter C, so that's going to make the next letter, letter D. So letter C that, that you don't have in your notes, but it's in mine, is like it says in verse, uh, verse 111, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. And so we're looking at that thought of forever. And I just note that the proper response to understanding Christ as the source of all blessings is to cast our lot in completely with him. And uh, it's, it's kind of a, a specific danger for us as Christians to just be sticking our toes in the water and just be trying it out and just be, yeah, a little bit with the Lord is good. You know, I, my, my dad used to say a long time, a little bit of religion never hurt anybody. <laughs> but really, it's, it's a very nightmarishly bad scenario for a Christian to only tepidly follow Christ. And it's a very bad thing. Because what it means is, is and, and it's really like you're, you're, you're doing a little bit here and you're doing a little bit there. But listen, you're not really picking sides. <laughs> listen, our, our place is to understand all blessings are coming from God. And if there's anything good in our life, it will be through our relationship with God. And if we're not walking in that way, then we're out of the plan. We're out of the protection. We're out of, of uh, and there's no guarantee that, uh, that, that the trials aren't going to wear us down and destroy us. And so our place is to throw our lot in completely with Christ embrace him and embrace following him with all of our heart. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect for the rest of our life, but we should at least expect or understand that that is the scenario that I need to be in. Walking with Christ closely, obeying him every day, seeking his will for my life. This is where our blessings come from. Any other way is not the right way for us. And again, listen, all of us are less than perfect and all of us are still sinners and so listen, every day there's going to be temptations, there's going to be challenges, specifically because we're children of God. And all those things mean that we have to cling to Him closely. That's the safest way to go through this life. It's, it's just like, and we're going to get to uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 23 and how David is my shepherd. And listen, the shepherd need to be or the sheep need to be following the shepherd. Sheep that are not following the shepherd are wandering out of the fold. And we know that there are lots of dangers for sheeps for sheep that are away from the shepherd. And so listen, forever, that's what the psalmist said, thy testimonies have I taken it as an heritage forever. And so in other words, you're not going back. Our, our, listen, our future is with the Lord Jesus Christ. This world does not hold blessings for us. They hold temptations. <laughs> they hold challenges. They hold trials. And so our place is not to have one foot in the world and one foot in walking with the Lord our place is to throw our complete lot in with him. There's a, a, a the Matthew chapter 13. The Lord Jesus said this, Matthew 13, verse 45. And I've heard different interpretations about what this means. Uh, I'm sure Pastor could probably give you uh, his, his take on it. Um, again, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, 
went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, I've heard people say that that is a parable speaking of the Lord Jesus. I don't know, I don't know if you've heard that or, or you see it that way. But listen, this is an application that I think we should make, is that, listen, Christ, <laughs> for us, is the pearl of great price. And it'd be very good for us to cast everything aside and say, I'm, this is what is most valuable. That's what it says there, that, uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man who's seeking girdly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, said, I don't need any other pearls. I won't need to keep looking I don't need to do any more business arrangements. This pearl is the one I want. And listen, what the Bible says, when you taste and see that the Lord is good. And listen, he is good. And his blessings are far outweigh any other, anything that Satan could come along and tempt us with or try to uh, lure us away with. Listen, Jesus is where our blessings are. And he is the pearl of great price in the sense of we don't need anything besides him. And, of course, we've we've talked before about how, you know, a man who's putting God first, Christ first, is not doing his wife a disservice. A a, a wife who's putting the Lord before her husband and putting the Lord before her children, putting the Lord before neighbors, putting the Lord before everyone else is not doing any of them a disservice. Because the better we follow Christ, the better we are in every capacity, capacity. You're a better husband. You're a better wife. You're a better father, a better, a better mother, a better everything. And if you put something else first before the Lord Jesus Christ, what you are doing is inviting catastrophe because God does not accept second place. And that's that is the place for the, that is what human beings on planet Earth need to learn above all others is to worship God. <laughs> Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. And thy neighbor as thyself. If that is the right, if that is the scenario that we are following after, everything can fall into place. But if you get anything out of the way, if you get the Lord out of that place of preeminence in our lives, it's inviting catastrophe. And listen, there's many of us that have, as we go through this life, it's the main challenge that we have to keep Christ first in our lives, above ourselves, above anyone else. And so uh, that's that's what I wanted to share that that I don't I, I don't know. I don't know if I could say what I know is the perfect interpretation. The Lord Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so um, I think that's a good application for us as well to to put Christ as that pearl of great price and and not seek anything else to, to have that place of preeminence. So letter D which is letter C in your notes, but it's letter D. <laughs> and this is the latter half of uh, Psalm 119, verse 11, 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. So that thought of, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. We aren't meant to wait to rejoice. Even though we have these trials, even though life is often hard, and, uh, and there is hard, heartache, and there's tragedy, and there's, there's things that, that certainly they have the capacity to draw our attention away. And many times bring us to a place of discouragement or whatever. But listen, despite all that, we aren't meant to wait wait to rejoice. We don't have to have everything perfect in our lives to praise God. You can still be walking through difficult times. It can still be what the world would see as the worst possible news or whatever. It doesn't, none of those things have to change for us to praise God now. 
because of who he is, because of what he has promised every single person in this room. If you're saved, all those promises trump everything that's happening right now. Isn't that true? Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what, you know, the, 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 the people could be some coming to take everything we have, you know, and, and, and any other physical problem or any other spiritual problem. It doesn't matter if you have Christ as your savior. Listen, the future is literally fixed. It's set in stone. Every single one of us that are saved in this room, we are going to be with the Lord Jesus in heaven, in his physical presence someday soon. And it is going to be soon. But even even besides the future that we have, we have Christ now. The Bible says he will never leave us or forsake us. And And again, they could say the worst possible news that any of us could hear. And as long as you know Christ is your Savior, the best things that we have will not change. We may have physical suffering and we may have things that, that are not, it, they're, they're not trivial, but at the same time, they do not come close to trumping the most important thing, and that's who Jesus is to me. He is my Savior and my King. And listen, the fact is, is He's going to pay off all of these promises He's made to me. And that being the case, any news I have has to be weighed against the truth of who Jesus is. He is coming again soon. And everything, and you know, I, and again, I, I've told you guys many times, you probably get hear, sick of me hearing me saying how discouraged I get looking at the news, looking at the state of the world. But it's never going to get better until the Lord Jesus comes back. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, I'm not claiming this type of mature faith at all times <laughs> by any means, but that's the type of mature faith we're going to need, I think, in times coming. Yeah, the ability to see with faith. And that's what Paul says. And I, I don't have it right in front of me, but, you know, the, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's the key to walking through this world. Walk by faith. See what we see and see it in terms of what God says. And listen, Satan is very good at, at telling you what to see when you see. <laughs> And listen, you know, God and Satan, they're both doing some similar things as far as God is telling us how to live and how to see. You know, like David, when he came to the, to the valley and the giant was, was uh, setting, it was such a perfect scenario for intimidation. And all of Israel was intimidated. Saul and, and all the men of Israel, including David's brothers, they were all intimidated by that giant coming out every single day and saying, give me a man. And we will fight and we'll settle this thing right now. And he was a huge giant covered into head to toe with, with mail. And he had a staff like a weaver's beam and an armor, armor bearer going for him. It looked impossible for a man of Israel to face him. David came out there and his, his big difference was he saw the matter strictly through faith. Matter of fact, he was offended. <laughs> Who is this uncircumcised this, uh, 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 Philistine that he may defy? That I can't. I'm gonna misword it, but uh, that, that he may come out and defy the armies of the living God. David couldn't understand why anybody else hadn't stepped up by faith and confronted him. And David came out and he said, "The the battle is the Lord's." You know, the Philistine said, "I'm gonna take you and I'm gonna give you to the fowls of the of the fowls of the, of the air and the beasts of the field." And David said, "I'm I'm gonna give the entire army of the Philistines into the uh, birds of the air and the beasts of the field, and you will know that this day that that the Lord is is uh, is the one that settles the battles." And that's the way we all need to see our day-to-day lives until and, and including the day that it becomes some impossible scenario. 
Most of us have seen situations like that in our lives. Anybody's raised children, I think, <laughs> has, has seen impossible scenarios. Listen, God is up to them all. You're not going to run into something that God can't handle, that God can't guide you through, that God can't give you the grace to go through it, walking through it and praising God. That is what the, the record of the Word of God is for, to show you scenario after scenario after scenario of how someone trusted God and God used them. God glorified His Son through the matter, and they came out the other side. And then you look at, the, at, the, at Hebrews 11 and the great heroes of faith that you saw there, and they trusted in God. And you see Abraham, the great uh, patriarch of faith that he was, Romans 4 says that uh, his faith was great in God, and he gave glory to God by the fact that he had such faith. It would help every one of us, no matter what our scenario is, to say, God, give me faith for this day. Give me faith for everything I face this day. Give me the grace to trust in you and not in what I see with my eyes. That's what Israel did. They saw with their eyes something that was real. They saw a giant. They saw the threat. They heard the, the, uh, the challenge. Yet God was up to it. And that's what all those Israelites on that mountain could not see. That the very God that had been with Israel all of these many decades and hundreds of years, God was still God. He's still God in mining your lives no matter what we face. He's still God. And all of his promises are true forever and always. That's what we need to have confidence in. And so um, uh, letter, D, letter D here in my notes is, uh, For they are the rejoicing of my heart. We aren't meant to wait to rejoice. He tells us these things, things so we can start rejoicing now. If we believe these things then we can see them by faith and rejoice evermore. And I have this note out to the side, and this is Psalm 23, if you'd like to turn there with me. Psalm 23. And this is often thought of as, you know, something read at funerals or weddings even. But uh, it's, it's a pretty beautiful verse just for life. Psalm 23. I guess I'm going to, I was going to read verses 5 and 6, but let's, it's not that long. Let's read verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And David's uh, a comment that he makes there in verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. David had, had not just been blessed by God in, in small ways. David knew and David saw God's enormous life blessings all over him, all over his life. And he knew that God had brought him through so many things. And, you know, he'd also seen hard times. He spent years, we think, in, uh, in the desert or the wilderness of En Gedi. He was constantly on the run from, from Saul. And yet all those things were things that God brought David through. God never told any of us that there wouldn't be wildernesses, that there wouldn't be times where you, th like, like David told uh, jo Jonathan, there's but a step between me and death. See, the thing is, is there, there was at no point at which David was out of God's hand. 
God was always watching over David. Did he allow David to come to the place where he felt like his life was just this close from going out of his control and maybe even killing him? David felt like he was on the very edge. Now listen, that was no accident. And it's not an accident when things go out of control in mind in your lives either. That's the appearance. That's what we see with our eyes. But listen, if you're saved, things may go crazy and they may be hard. You may be in a wilderness, but God is still God. And if you look at David's life, again, you know, if we could go back in time, we'd say, hey, David, hang in there, man. God's going to see you through this and there's going to be glory for God in the whole matter. There's going to come a day where you're going to say, God has delivered me out of every enemy's hands. That will be some day where you will say that. We could counsel David like that, couldn't we? We could say, look, look, David, you're going to have a son named Solomon. He's going to sit on your throne. You're going to be able to see the heritage that God has given you go on into your son's life. And Israel will go forward with a God-fearing king on the throne. We could tell and we could counsel David all of those things. What about us? Those counsels are meant for us. When you and I get into difficult things and we cannot see where it is going to end. Listen, it's no accident. We are meant to at least be in times like that. I can't tell you why other than I know that times have been so many times where I felt like I don't know how this is possibly going to end. But it scared me. God never said that we wouldn't be in a scenario like that. And he counsels us. We don't have to embrace fear. We can even ask God, look, God, I'm scared. I think it's good to be honest with God and tell us, tell him how you're feeling, how you're feeling overwhelmed. But listen, God is the answer and not not look for the answers anywhere else. And that that does that's not say you don't try to make good decisions. But the point is, is the answer is in God's hands. And he is going to see us through every one of us, no matter what our scenario is, he's going to see us through. There's no doubt about that. And so um David's uh, comment, if my cup runneth over. And so uh, then I have this note underneath that, that Romans 15, 13, it's, it's such a beautiful verse. I'd like you to read it with me. I, I've shared it with you guys before. But Romans 15, verse uh, 13. Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through, through the power of the Holy Ghost. And you know what's beautiful about this verse is not one word in it speaks to circumstances. <laughs> Let me read it again. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you know that life that that, that means the most in is a life that has got challenges, that, that people can look in your life and see there are things that, that could have you depressed or could have you discouraged or could have you singing the blues. But listen, this is what the, this is the song of a believer. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I, I said that any, any person could have that. But listen, this is coming from a man who did have constant trials, constant troubles, constant adversities. And, you know, and, and I think it's Philippians where he accounts some of the many, many, many tra- uh, tr- terrifically trying times that he experienced. A night and the day in the deep. And I think he said, I can't remember how many times he said he had uh, 40 stripes save one from the Jews. 
He had constant adversity from the Jews. And yet God gave him the grace to write these words. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. A believer who has the power of the Holy Spirit in his life can be can be supernaturally full of joy and peace. Brother, would you want to take that verse to a blues concert? <laughs> a blues concert? <laughs> I don't know if I could speak above the uh, speakers, but <laughs> uh, but it's what they the, everybody at that blues concert needs, you That's know. Right. And I think some people just like blues music. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and that, that's, that's, I think, what, you know, the, the focus of our lives, that through Christ I can have joy, I can have peace no matter what my circumstances are. And I say that not as a person who has it down, but I say that as a person who knows that's what the answer is. So I have this, this final note for this section. What is it that could compare with the heritage blessings of God? Now, this is, this is what we have as Christians. Being His... I am his. If you know Christ here today, you are his. You don't belong to Satan. You don't belong to the, to the forces of this world. You belong to Jesus Christ. And we are his. <laughs> Listen, that, that, that one fact trumps everything else. I am his. And he is mine. <laughs> it's a view, very beautiful thought. Above all others, I am his. <laughs> and he is mine. So being his, Christ preparing a place for us. He says that in John 14. I am going to prepare a place for you. That, again, this life is just a temporary life. James says it's like a vapor waiting to pass. This life is temporary. The life to come is permanent, eternal. And the Lord Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. You could be... Any rich person you could name, you could be living in a mansion, and it would not compare to what Christ is preparing for us now. And I don't think, I don't think there's riches in heaven like what is here on earth. I think it is different. I think it's, I think there's a great deal different about eternity than now. Uh, and I, I don't think it's going to be a physical mansion, but it doesn't matter. What you see here and now, and you could pick the kingest of, of all the kings here on earth, and the, the richest of the rich, and... Nothing that they have can compare to what Christ is preparing for those who trust in him now. And so listen, very much, we're supposed to be looking ahead. Now is a time of troubles, troubles and trials and difficulties and challenges, but joy and peace as well. Joy and peace that pertain to us as, as children of God. And so being his, Christ preparing a place, uh, a place for us and so, coming soon into the eternal presence of God. And, you know, every person who, before he went into eternity, if he ever came into the presence of God, there's only one way they ever responded. John on the Isle of Patmos and, and so many others, Daniel, uh, so many others, as soon as they came into the presence of God, sometimes the angel of the Lord, they fell on their faces dead. That's what it's like to be in this flesh and coming into the presence of God. You know, Isaiah said, you know, I'm a woe is me. I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. That's what it's like to be in this flesh coming into God's presence. But listen, you and I will be coming into his presence without sin, without any imperfect flesh. And we will be worshipers of God in his presence. And there is no describing what that will be. 
There's no describing, uh, even John, as he, as he sees these things, he is still a man. He's still just a man. And it overcomes him many times through the book of Revelation. And so listen, there's things coming that you and I just can't handle seeing right now. And so the truth is, is that uh, there is nothing that can even come close to what God has already given us in Christ. Yes, sir. Just an interesting note. In, in Revelation, John was caught up in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it almost made, it sounds like he didn't have that sinful flesh with him. I well, mean, he, he uh, there's yeah. several times in Revelation right. where he, like, like twice, that he worships an angel. <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on there, but he's he's definitely not like like you know, uh, graduated and in heaven. Right, right. He's, he's still yeah. a man, an imperfect man. Just food for thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so, well, we finished this section. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to start the next section if we're not going to even have time to really... Who worships an angel? Huh? Who worships John, John. But you just said Paul was caught up in the Spirit. Oh, okay, well, that that is true. Well, Paul also... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. But I was, you know, sort of the revelation. I was talking to you know, yeah, John, yeah, John, John in chapter yeah. four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of revelation. Of revelation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm talking about when Paul went up into the third. Yeah, he went to. Yeah. Well, actually, Paul says he knew a man, and people always interpret that as it was Paul. But Paul's exact words are, "I knew a man, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I cannot say." So, you could argue that we don't absolutely know for sure that that was Paul, but most most I, most preachers I hear all say that was Paul, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but my uh, there's there's no way in see we live by our prom, by the promises of God, and if listen if Christ can promise to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness and promise us to will we spend eternity with Him and we can bank on that and believe in Him and be saved now, we can believe in everything he says. And he, listen, he is God. And he, the, God is outside of time. He's not restricted like us to a, a day-by-day flow. He already knows what the future is. And that's why John could see pictures of the future because God has already been there. And so the truth is, is all of these things, they're already ours. And we are meant to live in the joy of those things. And the fact also that the Holy Spirit lives within. And the Lord Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And the written word tells us how everything ends. But right now, we're not there yet. But we are seeing these things coming about. Listen, America has changed a great deal. Just in 10 years, America has changed dramatically. And listen, (laughs) At the at the at the risk of probably people scoffing at me all over the world, <laughs> the liars are in charge. They're in charge of practically every major institution in America. I I, I well I'll just give you this fact. Uh, I just read uh, was it last week or the week before? Bill Bill Gates has given literally millions of dollars to media outlets like CNN. Why why would Bill Gates do that? Controlling the narrative. Listen, <laughs> we are being lied to almost everywhere you look. I think it's everywhere, pretty much. I mean, well, if it's coming from the worldly system, it yeah. is, there's truth mixed in there, but it's right. truth and lies mixed right. together. Right. Well, it's like it's like Satan, you know, and uh, yea, hath God said? 
thou shalt not eat of every tree of the garden. Well, right. there's some element of truth there, but he was leading her to a lie. Right. And listen, it's, it's, it's the world that we live in now. You know, and have, I have discussions with people I love, and, and they're often, you know, don't believe what you're hearing. Don't believe everything you hear. And that's more true today than it's ever been before. People who are supposed authorities, supposedly only there to be the, in the official capacity of, you know, the government. Yeah, listen, what the government's supposed to do is have a standing army. <laughs> that's what the government's supposed to The federal government, you know, I, I can't remember it, but it's very few things that the federal government's supposed to be doing. The states are supposed to be doing everything else. The government, the federal government's trying to take over everything, including elections. And listen, the writing is on the wall. America is in a bad state. And unless things change dramatically in a a very short period of time, listen, I don't see how America is going to continue much longer. I I don't mean to be a a doom and gloom preacher. I'm not trying to be that. (laughs) I just think, think, think things are pretty scary in America right now, brother. Say again. How? Right. So then you put up another piece and another piece. Pretty soon they get used to being right. surrounded by that, but they're getting fed all the time this stuff that they want. So then you, you put the fence up, and pretty soon you just put a gate on this. Right. <laughs> just a gate up. <laughs> and they'll get frustrated. They'll run around and act all crazy for a while. They just keep but throwing But then they get used to, well, so what? Well, I got the free food. Yeah. Uh, I'll stay right here. I'm content. Right. right. And that's the way they're doing to us now. They're yeah. giving us a little bit of free this and this and, and yeah. just this, and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they're putting up these things, and pretty soon they're putting them. Right. Pretty soon we'll be surrounded by this monopoly of stuff. So uh, have you heard of the have you have you guys heard of the World Economic Forum? Is that yeah. the name of it? Yeah. World. The Great Reset. Yeah, that's they're talking about the Great Reset. Do you know what their rallying cry is? You will own nothing and be happy. You know what that is? That's them throwing corn. <laughs> free corn, free corn. And socialists have been saying this garbage for years now. And listen, the, the truth is, is we need to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and just listen, the Lord holds the truth. And these... There's the, all these liars are surrounding us and trying to permeate our. Uh, and God help us. I, I feel so bad for the kids, you know, that they have nothing but lies being fed to them, constant lies permeating their lives. And then there's the internet, you know. Sure, it's the information superhighway. It's also the, it's a big, huge <laughs> pipe of filth pouring into people's lives too. Listen, our lives are constantly. You know, our lives are constantly where you could touch, you know, all kinds of bad things at any given time. Just a switch here, turning on your phone, turning on the TV. (laughs) And it's a constant source of misinformation, leading people in the wrong direction. 
It's very important for us as Christians in this day and time to know what we're looking at. You cannot afford to just accept at face value what people tell you. Yes, sir. This isn't the same, but when you were talking about that story about the pig, that thing about the frog in the pot. Yeah, frog in the pot, too. Yeah. Maybe a little similarity. Yeah, so I don't know if you've heard this, but they say if if you're boiling water and throw a frog in, he'll jump out. But if you put a frog in regular water and then just slightly turn up the temperature a little bit at a time, he will never jump out. Again, it's a pretty interesting thought about the world that we live in. Ms. Gloria. Right. But there, I can't remember the guy's name, but if I said it, you would all know him, and he is so full of baloney. <laughs> basically, you know he's lying because his mouth's moving. Anyway, it was that news capture, but they had this ad on, and in the course of watching just one hour of Shark Tank, I must have seen it ad 40 times. I'm not even kidding. But here's what the ad says No opinion, just fact, and love this one truth. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard anything true come out of that man's mouth. Mm. But they are just yeah. putting So what do you think people, I mean, if you play that enough time for someone, yeah. do you think well, someone's going to finally believe, oh, he must be telling the truth, just fact, no opinion. Well, you, you know what's interesting is the fact checkers yeah, lately. Right. These past <laughs> several years, the fact checkers are people that, that like Snopes. Snopes used to be a pretty reliable to, to way to find out whether or not this internet uh, uh, hoax that you look up, whether or not it's true. But now it's been used to debunk all kinds of things that they shouldn't be debunking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's, it made me laugh, but people are going to believe. Okay? Well, so you know what's difficult for me is that, like Fox News, you want to think, okay, that's that's a more conservative. But I hate going to their website. I hate going to their website. The the, the worst ads I've seen anywhere. Hmm. You know, and so you have to kind of try to get to just this one single column of of and get everything else off, and I just can't stand it. <laughs> So anyway, yes, sir, real this quick. This is a real, I'm not even putting my stamp of approval on this okay. statement, but I noticed that everything's eroding. Your local government's trying to put masks on to get vaccinated. They're right. forced to do stuff. Your state, your country. But sometimes the, the World Health Organization says something that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe they're eroding our trust in our local stuff so we'll be ready for a one-world government. I definitely think things are going that way. I don't know. I mean, I, I anyway, yeah. I mean, they they could say the sky is blue, and I would doubt it. I was questioning, you know. And, yeah, I go outside. No, 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 no. It can't be blue. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and close the prayer. Brother, before we pray, just I got a call. Chris's mom has fallen twice in the last two days. Miss Marion. Oh. Just pray for Marion. Okay. All right. Oh. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for this time we've had. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for being able to communicate to us the truth that we need. And Lord, we thank you that we can completely trust what you say is true. And I pray to help uh, help Christians all across this country and this world. Help us, Lord, to be, Lord, devoted um, speakers of the truth. Help us to to share the truth with uh, those around us. Help us to be lights for you and and, and help people to, to, to hear the truth from our lives. And we pray for Miss Marion. Please help her to heal quickly. Please help her, uh, Lord, to be able to, to be okay. Lord, please heal her from this, and please help her to get around like she needs to. But uh, we pray that you please help her now, and we'll thank you for that. Please help all the prayer requests that were mentioned tonight. 
And uh, we'll thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being our God. Bless everyone here tonight. Keep us all safe when we go home, including in the rest of the week and the coming um, talks of uh, bad weather coming. Please keep us all safe during that. And we thank you and ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.